Good evening, folks. Welcome along to the LWB Club Champ Pod titled Pull Hard. We are pre- previewing the semi-finals of the Senior Hurling Championship uh, upcoming this weekend. We'll look back on uh, last weekend's fixtures there, which was obviously the last round of the Senior Championship. Um, there was junior semi-finals there as well, and a few other bits and bobs. And we'll also preview the junior final, which is uh, coming up on Friday night, as well as having a bit of a word on the intermediate semis, which we don't know the exact fixture details of yet, but... And um, we will uh, run through the possible permutations in the best possible fashion we can. Uh, our coverage is an association with Cork and Precast Tanks, DB Recovery, Craig Carney Web Design, Balloons and Sweet Treats, Brendan Cabinet Furniture, and Breach Nolan and Physiotherapy. We thank them for their continued support over the duration of the uh, Carlo Hurling Championships. Uh, Stevie Barnbrick is off sunning himself. So uh, it's just myself and Joe this evening. How is things with you? Oh, good, Kevin. Yeah, you? Asher, not too bad. Uh, Stevie is absolutely living it up over there. And I have to say, one of the most random things I've ever seen yesterday with, with two worlds colliding, he was uh, he was watching the All Ireland final uh, beside this gentleman who uh, he didn't he wasn't aware who he was, I don't think. And next thing, this picture goes into a WhatsApp group. And so, who is it only Paul Nagel, Craig Breen's co driver, who was a good friend of uh, the Irish Rally podcast? And uh, it literally was like uh, two worlds colliding. I actually couldn't <laughs> believe it. Um, I'd say it was an interesting conversation. <laughs> Yeah. One lad trying to tell one lad about motorsport, and the other lad trying to tell the other lad about hurling. Huh? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, in fairness, you know what? Like Paul would be a big fossil man as well, and um, he did a big auction there recently where he got a number of big rally stars to uh, sign uh, one of the helmets he had. And uh, I think as part of the the proceeds, he gave a half money to Fossa out of that, which was great. Like, um, and funnily enough, having been down in around the Clarny direction last week, you wouldn't believe it. It's, it's hard to believe. I think David Clifford was possibly the first player play for Kerry from Fossa and when you see where the club actually is like it's just on the edge of the just off just off one of the main roundabouts in, in Clarny you know it's, mm. it's kind of kind of hard to believe and lovely setup in the whole lot mm. uh, you know just uh, yeah lots of uh, lots of little Clarny connections over over the last week I suppose but uh, hope he's uh, hope, hope Steve is having a good time over there anyway um, yeah the fact the factor 50 he'll be he'll be glowing next week he's always glowing <laughs> the podcast but he'll be especially glowing next week um from your own point of view joe i have to admit uh i was otherwise occupied over the duration of the weekend so uh i i seen feck all carla hurling uh unfortunately so I'm, I'm heavily dependent on you as always what's news is you every week is the same <laughs> um busy man. So, so uh so talk us through it um i suppose we'll start with rangers and st mullins uh rangers i suppose you know, or St. Mullins, maybe I should start with it. 10-4 up, I think, at half time or something like that, or heading towards half time. One fifteen Rangers, 15 points, St. Mullins is how it finishes up. Um, you got in for the second half, I believe. So from what you saw, uh, wait up for us there. Yeah, I was uh, unfortunately delayed in Longford at, a, at the National or the Community Games Rounders. So again, we met at home from McDonald's and Nace and all. I was uh, chasing my tail. But uh, just actually before the end of the first half, Kevin, but was following the... First half on Casey Lauren Bernstein to, uh, to head it out uh, live and direct. Um, yeah, first half big shift from from St. Mullins. Um, they were probably unlucky not to go even for to be further ahead. I suppose going into halftime, uh, Dean Grand made a great save, um, and it, you know that could have been a, a, a nine or a ten, a ten point lead for them going into halftime. So it could have been a, a big game changer. Um, I suppose in the first half they did a lot of damage um, kind of from around the 13th minute on um, from there on to the end of the half I think they outscored uh, range of maybe 7 points to 1 um, so you know and they were fairly dominant at the time um, second half I suppose one of the key changes I think that, well in my eyes anyway that affected affected the game was the introduction of uh, Patrick um, he came in he came into the fray um, for an injury and um as a result, he had a big impact in the game. Um, second half started off, Rangers hit the first two points. Uh, St. Mullins replied with a point, so it kind of said he ship. But then I suppose one of the pivotal moments of the game, or maybe the two pivotal moments happened, I suppose, within, within a few minutes of each other. Um, uh, Fitzpatrick broke through onto, I think it was a pass from Paul Cody, uh, and drilled uh, a ball to the net. Now, first, the Rangers had two goal chances and went for two goals. Uh, I suppose in the previous couple of minutes as well um, and it's a mark of a team when they're on the hunt it's very hard to stop them but a really well taken goal by Faker nothing else in his mind I drill it uh, to, to drill it past Kevin Kyo. Um and I suppose then the second the big swing in the game then was the second yellow card um, for seven months for uh, Cardio Shales 5 yep. 
Um, and um, he was he had two yellows again, nothing too major in either of them, but there were yellow cards, so that reduced Seb Mullins down to 14 men. And I suppose, really, from there on in, um, they didn't you know get as much of a foothold in the game. Um, got another point after the goal to kind of you know to kind of keep keep things ticking over. Um, but then Seb Mullins hit like for four in a row, uh, you know, four quick points from the 43rd to the 46th minute, like you know, in the space of three or four minutes. They, they really cut into the gap. Uh, Sam Mullins replied again. Then you know, again they were living kind of on scraps, weren't able to turn much ball in the, in their in their half forward line half, slash Rangers half back line. Um, got a point then around the fiftieth minute, but then again Rangers came back and hit them for four in the trot again, and, and I suppose that that ultimately in the end those kind of scoring bursts, uh, those two scoring bursts really, you know, for they got four points in, in in two goals of kind of two or three minutes. You know, um, really won them the game. They were probably more dominant in the second half from, from you know, Dan St. Mullins, but the, the sending off had a big effect in terms of, you know, manpower and, and so on. Um, but uh, yeah, a couple of a couple of things, I suppose. Um, that got my eye anyway, I suppose. Um, definitely, I, I think I know we'll be previewing the semi finals next, but I, I do think uh, there's a couple of key players returning. It'll be interesting to see who. You know who's fit for both teams. I suppose when we previewed the Rangers and Bagnestown semi-final, um, I did take like, a couple of returning players for from all the Rangers made a big difference. Um, like I said, I think Fake Fitzpatrick made a, made a big difference coming in, and I think his positioning would be key in that semi-final as well. Um, uh, obviously had Ken McDonald is back as well. You know, so it'll be it was kind of a game that both teams got something out of. I think in in one way, um, so Mullins were uh, were down James Dial and Paddy Kyo as well. Um, so again, they weren't at full tilt, you know, but Paul Dyle was back for them. So, you know, but I think they'll be very heartened by what they could produce in the first half. Probably just the pity that they, they didn't, they weren't able to see it out given they had a kind of a six, seven point lead at one stage, you know. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the second one, 16 points, Ballon Killen, 14 points, Bidenstown Gales. Now, just hearing through the grapevine that, uh, strong enough Ballon Killen side and Bidenstown had a couple of returnees and then, they were able to kind of withdraw. Well, some some of them probably not really that they wanted to withdraw, but others maybe that they did want to withdraw, something like that. Yeah. Um, again, yeah, when we preview the semi-finals, you know, um, you don't know who who has knocks or who has who's who's after picking up knocks and training because it's been a fairly attritional, uh, you know, few weeks on the bodies for for lads, but the matches come and taken fast. Um, Do you know what? We'll, we'll double up. We'll double up near enough straight away because I'll just give the result in the other game, which wasn't really yeah. of huge importance. Uh, Nave won two fourteen. Uh, Nave breed nine points is how that finished up out in Fenna. So now we can kind of segue nicely already into the semi-finals by by moving on from from Ballon Gillen and Bindersound. If you want to double up there, yeah. Well, I suppose yeah. Well, maybe just to give a quick run through the game. The game. The game was very close. Um, it was actually quite a good game of hurling. I suppose after the first game, we probably knew the semi-final shake-up unless. Um, Agnes Town could beat us by 20 points. You know, the semi finals were nearly decided after the, after the first game at, at the weekend. Um, so, yeah, we, we uh, Bangs Town were down a couple of players. Um, like you mentioned, Alfie didn't start. Craig Dyle, or Craig Dyle Jimmy Clark um, weren't, were left off. Nigel Bulger, I suppose, you know, again, I don't know whether all these were, were say, tactical or otherwise, but um, they got a good look at maybe a few other players. It was a very kind of a sloppy game. Uh, there was a lot of. While it was intense at times, there was a lot of poor hurling in it, but it, the conditions were very poor, very, very greasy underfoot, heavy rain um, at the end of the first match between the two matches as well. Um, probably on the balance of play, uh, there wasn't too many goal chances in the game. Probably on the balance of play, Ballonkill might have just deserved to sneak it, but they only closed it out um, near the end, you know. Um, so, you know, but I think both teams got something from it. I think Ballonkill got minutes into into legs that they, they needed and the same maybe with uh with with uh, gales that they maybe had a look at their panel and maybe were able to rest a couple of pairs as well so i think both teams will be kind of kind of happy with what they got out of the game you know mm-hmm. so our uh, semi-final parents let's uh just ramp straight into it so on sunday 2 15 at what's called park one of the rangers versus bagnestown gales and yet four o'clock ballon killen versus st mullins so yeah um it's mad that we're down to this stage already, isn't it? It's after flying by, like, and that's the, I suppose, the con, the compact nature of, of the whole thing. Um, so I don't know, you know, as, as we're kind of after touching on how many of these lads will be back for Bidenstown, how many won't, and equally for, for Rangers. But uh, we know Rangers form when it comes to this particular part of, of the championship, and they are able to step it up 
more often than not when when it matters. So Banya Sound for their part as well, like it's fair to say they wouldn't be the biggest fans of Rangers in Banya Sound. Um and uh, they'll they'll be mad up for this. They'll be absolutely mad up for it, right? And I'm sure they're relishing it. So uh is there any chance of an upset here, do you think? I can't, I can't, I probably, you know, I probably can't see an upset here, but I think Bagnestown have improved an awful lot since their game, their group game. Um, I thought Summer of Hurling against in the last couple of games was, was quite good. Um, I think they've got a, a handle on maybe their best 15 or maybe the, the utilization of their best 18 or 20 players in terms of, um, you know, maybe finding the best places for them and, and so on. Um, I think I think for for Bagnes and Gales to have uh, I suppose to have, to give it a right cut, they need everyone fitting well. I di- I didn't hear whether any of the say the lads, um, you know, like by the way, just to say, Beanie Beanie Dial played forty minutes and JP Trace went off cart with a leg injury, but he was playing up to then. I think he might have scored a point as well. So if if they can kind of get everyone fitting well for the weekend, uh, I put them in with a with a good shout. Uh, Rangers still look very slick. Um, you know, they're hurling at times. Look, right in the first half, they were maybe dominated a little bit by St. Mullins, and they've had patches even against uh, Navon, say, for instance, take, taking the game where they've kind of been dominated. But they have that little bit of that little bit of class still um, to dig out games. Um, I think key player, I think key positioning for them will be important. Um, again, I know that they're carrying a lot of knocks. Um, I don't know whether John Nolan will be available. Um, for them, I think you know, sure, I mean, you, you've seen him as well, Kevin. A colossal having just a colossal year at wing back, you know. Um, but as all the attributes, like we said before, to hurl anywhere. Um, I think I don't think he'll take part in the semi final. And uh, from what I'm hearing now, you know, again, I you know, you hear everything, but um, if he's if he's out, he'll, he'll be a big, you know, a big loss to them. Uh, I think I mentioned Faker Fitzpatrick there for them. Um, I, I, I think in the first couple of games, I know Michael Dial was out for the year. Michael, I, I think, unfortunately, picked up a crucial injury. But um, with Michael out, Faker was kind of deployed further back, maybe as a man marker against certain teams. But I think we really saw the best of them. I think we've seen the best of them with the county further out the field, maybe in the half back line or in the middle of the field. And I think even that half hour that he hurled um, against St. Mullins, I think, showed his value further up the field. Now he was back as well. He was back sweeping, he was back, he was everywhere. But I think his position in further up the field gives uh, Mullinster Rangers a further off offensive threat. The same saying that, I, I, I mentioned them already, I think the two Cody's are having a fine year. And I think they'll be key men if Bagnus and Gales are to, uh, to keep their, you know, once they keep themselves in the game, but to keep, you know, keep a check of things. I think that really Richard and Paul Cody are making a Rangers team that's been all over the place in terms of personnel this year, unfortunately due to injuries and so on. Um, they're really steadying the ship and, and making things tick, um, you know, from kind of middle of the field, center, you know, the half forward line and so on. And, and Paul, Paul could literally be anywhere. But, uh, and Kevin McDonald coming back then as well. So, you know, Bagnestown on the flip side, look, um, the, you know, if Beanie and JP Tracy are okay after the weekend, that gives them a kind of maybe a new, a new midfield pairing. Uh, if you have Danny Dylgan, maybe going forward was was you know caused a, a little bit of hassle for us at the week, Alan Killen at the weekend. So they now have more options and especially more forward options. Jake Dyle looks like he's he, you know he played the full game against us and did well. You know the Paddy McDonald, you know you know Richie Whelan. Um, so there's lots of lots of pace and, and, and in there. Um, I do think weather conditions might have play you know play a part as well. I think if um, I think Bagnus and Gales will, will like a dry day. They like, you know, they like a little bit of zip in the ground. They have a lot of pace in, inside in their, in their, in their forward line, and they might like a kind of a, you know, a dry day. Let the ball zip around and to have a go at. It. Um, probably, like I said, I probably still see uh, Mount Leinster Rangers uh, coming out on top, but um, I think it'll be a lot, a lot, lot closer than the than their group game. You know. Yeah. I'd say an upset isn't as an unrealistic possibility as it might have been in previous years. Yeah. Um, and who knows what will happen. I suppose just a couple of notes on, on that there. Like if you look at Rangers in general, we spoke about Figure Fitzpatrick being the example of versatility. And I think back, you know, you mentioned John Nolan going to wing back. Kevin McDonald can literally play anywhere. Like Paul Cody played all his underage hurling at centre-back nearly. And I don't think he's ever played in the half-back line for Rangers at senior level, which is crazy. Richard Cody started off his career for Ronald Rangers as a 16-year-old corner forward from memory. Um, and I appreciate that's probably because he was just starting off because he's always the defender by trade. But just how versatile 
they are. It's 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 unbelievable. And there I said, but if they ever needed to, maybe for a couple of years coming down the end of his career or whatever, Chris Nolan would be a frightening prospect if he had to play centre back as well. You're well capable of playing there. It's just unreal. Like I suppose it comes down to when you're when you're when you're a natural hurler like that, you know, and you have a hurling brain, you are capable of playing anywhere. Do you know, mm-hmm. lads, lads get pigeonholed too easily, I think. Yeah, I agree, I agree with you, Kevin. I, I, I think some of that comes from, you know, some of that comes from, um, I think, when, when they're down there hurling as well, like I was talking to some of the lads after an intermediate game, and they'd be telling you like that, they'd have big numbers in training down there. So they're all used to playing to a template or to a style, if you get me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they train they train like that. So versus, you know, that, there is that versatility then because they're they're trained together, trained with one with a one style, with a template. If you get me how to play and, and play well, so lads can interchange as well. Um, I suppose one lad we, we didn't maybe I didn't mention there now, and I think like I said, I think he's having a good year for again in, in a kind of a strange year for them in terms of personnel. But um, you know, um, Eddie Bourne is you know is 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 still there. He's still a threat. He's getting on the ball. His leadership, mm. you know, probably, you know, even his calmness there in the pitch the last days or two, you know, a couple mm. of matches and stuff. You know, he he he'll have a big part to play. But um, I do I do think um, you know, I, I definitely think depend and again, it dep- depending on um, Mount Leinster Rangers um, panel as well and who they're up or down and the same with Bagnestown. But looking at Bagnestown, if they have that, if they have that full panel to give it a good cut. Um, I do think it'll be a lot closer than than the group game, and uh, but I still probably see that little bit of maybe quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have two good free takers, by the way, on both. You know, three good free takers, we have a couple more, <laughs> four, four or five good free takers as well, and I could come down to it. Like Evan Keeley is is really striking and really well for um, for Manchester Rangers, and um, you know, as the years go on, is even you know chipping in a few points in games there as well from play. And I suppose you've Craig and Jake dialed in as well for um for Bagginstown and, and they're hitting them well as well. And if you have a, a kind of a nine out of ten free taker in a tight game, you know, it gives you it gives you a, a, something, you know, really good in your artillery. And um, you know, so that, that it'll be an interesting battle, but probably probably I just I'd probably just go in favour of Mountain Easter Rangers to, to pit pit Bagginstown. Mm. Another one of the worst hills you get. Eddie Byrne played full back for Boris Vocational School one year as well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> from memory. Um, but uh, on the Bagginstown side of things, then just to, to move across from, from where I see it from their point of view, uh, I found like even though the margin of, of victory for Rangers was heavy on the day we saw it, they did show certain elements of where they could ascertain a little bit of joy. And mm-hmm. there was a frightening prospect at one stage with, with the lads that were playing close to goal. Um the amount of ball coming in wasn't hectic. So I think they had Styler, Richie Whelan, Andrew Kane in close to goal that day. And that's not counting Jake Dyer who didn't play. So any of those, like three out of those four in near the goal and the right ball going in, and it has to be the right ball going into them. Uh, you know, there, there can be a little bit of joy to be got out of that. And the guys further back out the field with the pace, like Danny Dyer is a great man to get a dirty ball and drive forward and draw fouls. Jamie Clark likewise, and he can pick off points mm-hmm. also. Uh I think this is a really interesting one. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one. I would, uh, I suppose, out of two games, I think that's that's going to be that's going to yeah, be. Yeah, well, and you have Jack McCullough back there, middle of the field now, where I think he's, you know he heard a couple of games to start the year with Alfie out back, you know, at centre back, and and having him around the middle, I think, is a is more his home. If you get me, you know, what I mean, he chipped in with a couple yeah. of points to play. Would um, it go man to man, Joe? That's one question I have for you because I know for, I'd say it was near enough the first half uh, in that game. I think Jamie Whelan was on. Eddie Bourne and like with the greatest will in the world like if I'm putting a match about there you're looking at a huge size differential um and like do, do you go do you go man to man or do you try to keep your your, your shape for for this one if you're if you're biting someone because Rangers will pull and drag you anyway I suppose but mm. what do you do I suppose you'll want Alfie at centre regardless won't you I think so yeah I, I I think he brings so much to the middle so much solidity and he's a reader you don't want him anywhere else really um, I think it was the same Mullins game, Kevin. We, we were looking at it that they went. It was the same Mullins that went man to man as well. They had their, they yeah, had their yeah. matchups. Um, John Wall was out on Connor Keogh anyway. That was a standout. And yeah, around wherever they were going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think I think you mentioned one of the, one of the key things there is that versatility with, with yeah. Rangers in terms of where they can play. Literally, any of them can play in any. You know, if it's the forward line, you can play in any of the six positions and. Uh, you know, I I I think you know. You're, I I don't know. I mean. 
they, they probably have some matchups, but I still think, like what you said, I think Alfie needs to be at needs to be at six, and probably yeah. you probably find Keen Keen Dial maybe might uh, probably go as a man marker, and that half back then, you know, he was on, he picked up um, Sean Murphy, you know, he, he picked up all the. Uh, all the key men and all the key sides really for the last two years and he might be maybe detailed it's hard to know who to detail him on i suppose given mm. given the given the, the players that they have but um i think he'll be a man marker maybe possibly on any burn you wouldn't know in terms of physicality and size and that like you know he's, he's strong um you know but then there's, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of uh a lot of pace in that rangers attack too like donna murphy picked off a few lovely points when when the game opened up um at the weekend as well and you know he's quite pacey as well but i suppose you know it, it will be intriguing I, I think like you said the you know i i think bagginson will have their homework done uh, mm. on that but um like you said it's just rangers have so many kind of aces up their sleeve in terms of of, of their players and where they can play so it'll be a tricky one to, to get right all right chef for sure yeah very very interesting well, we should mention actually the games are being streamed i believe uh, I, I'm told off the kind of half off the record, kind of half on the record that there's a good chance they'll be streamed anyway. <laughs> Possible spoiler alert, and I apologize, but yeah, I think that may be happening, which is great if it is going to go ahead. Um, yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, just in terms of the verdict from my point of view, um, I think this is a great time for Bayern to cause an upset. I think there's a great opportunity for it, but then it's very hard to go against the, the tried and tested when it comes to this. However, like when you mention like even though the chaps are used to winning underage and all that, for the likes of the younger lads, you know, there generally shouldn't be pressure, but it's still a pressure situation, the semi-final, you know, and while you're looking at Paul and Richie and maybe Eddie Warren and all them less lead the way, it's a big day for those lads. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, I think they'll be well able for it, mind you, but still still a big game, you know, whereas if you look at, just say, from Bagnasson's point of view now, we're probably talking about, uh, we were talking about the chaps a couple of years ago and the need time and all. This is into maybe year three now, you know, mm. um, but I suppose a couple of them, like you look at Jack McCullough, is still under twenty. Darren Nolan, Neil yeah. Bush, Sean Wall. You know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of youth there. I suppose like Don Murphy, Evan Keeley, uh, Phil Patrick on on Ulster Rangers side. Yeah, I suppose there's youth on both sides, so it'll be kind so of. You're going Rangers. I, I'm going to go so, for. Uh, I'm going to go so, for. Uh, I'm going to go for the upset. I'm going to go for the upset. Yeah, um, I think. I think it'll be. I think. I do think it'll be a lot closer. I think. While Bagnestown lost against ourselves the last game, I think they'll be happy enough with what they saw and maybe a little bit of versatility and maybe what they saw in some lads who maybe hadn't, you know, hadn't fired up to this. I, I think, I think they'll be happy enough, and I think they'll be they'll be set for the game. I just think Rangers maybe that little bit of experience, that little bit of craft might just get will get them over the line, you know. Right, split vote on that one. Second one then at uh, four o'clock now at Scullin Park. Ballin versus Seth Mullins. We've seen this fixture a little bit at semi-final stages, haven't we? Um, yeah. Uh, look, Ballin Killen, Ballin Killen, Ballin Killen. Four wins out of five in the group. I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that beforehand. I know I mentioned it on the podcast there last week, and that's you know fair, fair play. Like considering mm. there were no game in the group last year from memory, that was uh, that's a bit of a turnaround. That's a little bit of progress. But I, I'm sure Larks will be saying that's not worth a shot unless there's uh, something built upon. Uh, this weekend so while it's probably a little bit difficult for you uh being from the camp or whatever um let, let's go through the nitty-gritty on this and again personnel wise i don't know about either camp in terms of who they will or won't have i just i just don't know for definite so I, I, it's unfair for me to probably be given an exact outlook on where this may or may not be um yeah like where do we start where's the key matchups do you think any yeah, regardless before we before we go into it yeah, well, you to, I suppose the first thing to do is talk about play, probably availability. I think it's probably no secret from our side of things. Like we probably had a, you know, probably had who we had available and fairly fit and well um, last weekend. And it looked like all the lads came through, you know, fairly okay. Um, I, I don't think there's any any secret in that. And saying, saying that, I think it was kind of, you know, when, when lads would look at our, our team and our panel from last weekend, um, you know, look, it's kind of, more or less where we're at. Um, I suppose Seth Mullins, the big two are, are um, if I'm right in thinking, both Paddy, uh, Paddy Kyo and uh, James Dial had honeymoons and so on. So those lads coming back in um, will be will be a big addition um, to the team. 
Um, so that's the first thing, obviously. Um, you know, ha- having those in, and I suppose we, uh, you know, they'll make a big difference from the group game as well. And I think you hit the nail in the head there. One thing, Kevin, is that I do think of of all the teams that are the most dangerous. I, I don't like using the word animal. <laughs> it's a terrible way of putting it, but you know what I mean. People say it like the most dangerous animal. But the most dangerous in a knockout in knockout championship are probably St. Mullins in terms mm. of, you know, getting to a semi final and they're they're they really do have that mentality of well, you know, the set, no matter what happened prior to this, where this is knockout championship and this is where it starts, you know, this is where this is where it matters. So there'll be I think there'll be a very different um there'll be a very different team um in terms I don't mean team but personnel wise, but I mean in terms of maybe uh, what they bring to the game uh, on Sunday. Um, right, well, I suppose they key matchups. I mean, again, uh, James Dial, if James is available, James probably at centre forward and David English um, will be, if that's where they decide to go, if that, that's where James is there and playing, I think that will be a big battle. Um, I think um, David, in fairness, the last day against St. Mullins, um was able to hurl a lot of ball, and he's, he's hurled a lot of ball this championship, and I think if um, if James Lyle is there, it, it'll maybe give the heart of our defence and David and whoever is dropping back there in front of him, it'll it'll give him a lot to do. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it'll probably put David maybe on the turn rather than you know coming coming forward, uh, which is obviously such a brilliant player to do. So that that'll be a big, you know, that'll be a big uh, a big battle there um, in terms of who who gets on top maybe there. I think on the flip side. Um, We'll go down through a few more battles. But Paddy Boland is another one. But maybe from the same Mullins, uh, we, we'll bring we we'll bring we we'll flip back and forth, and you'll have a few as well. I'm sure. Paddy Boland, as we saw that day, was just phenomenal against Bagnestown. Um, caught a few great balls as well in, you know, in, in against um what do you call it against or against against Mullins Rangers at the weekend as well. So good in the air, scored a goal against us in, in that group game as well. You know, eight points to play against Bagnestown. Um, I think he might have got a point or two against. Um, Mullins Rangers as well so he's a very on form forward at the minute and he gives them a great platform in the air as well um, now Owen Kavanagh picked him up the last day when he was playing in the half forward line against us um, but he has played in the inside line as well you know to, to mix it up you know Conor Kyo has played in there as well so their, their positioning will be interesting as well and from our point of view then will you know what way will we match up I, I can't see Valen Killen changing I can't see us. We, I don't think we will go man to man in terms of our pickups. I think we wherever uh, the lads uh, play. If you get me from a Sam Mullins point of view, I think we'll pick them up. Uh, Conor Kyo was inside the last day. Um, started inside, and um, he. Um, I, I think if Dion and and, and Michal in there um, are particularly tigerish man markers, and I think if either Paddy Boland or or uh, Conor Kyo go in there or even Bodrum. I think, you know, I, I think that won't be the end of the world for our full back line in terms of that the lads are used to, uh, are used to picking up, you know, lads like that. If you get me, so mm-hmm. I can't see Ballon Killen changing in terms of their setup. Our six backs have have played as six, if you get me, in their positions mm-hmm. um, for the year. So I can't see us going man to man. But it'll be it'll be interesting to see the effectiveness of of how, of the lads there. If Seth Mullins have a full team as well, does Jack having to go to wing forward? You know he's played wing back, midfield, wing forward. Um, the, the need probably to to find a position for him, if you get me, in terms of to, yeah, to really to really get a motor in again. You know, I know that sounds it's between, strange. It's right? between five and nine, Joe. I think. I, don't, I think any further up, while well, I know he yeah. played a lot of hurling there too. I think he's at his best. You know, even I, I remember one year he played wing back the whole year. I thought he was phenomenal yeah. there. Yeah, and not too, not too long ago didn't he play wing back as well? He's played for, he's played for the county as well. I know. Look, he, he, yeah. that's that's exactly it. It's just to make the He's such a key man for them and such a leader. He, you know, he's he is really a leader, and you know, an on-farm and unfair up Jack Cavanagh is just, you know, is he he really? We talk about the passion that that Saint Mullins bring, especially to to their knockout to knockout hurling, um, and he, you know, he really sets the tone for things. So he'll be an interesting position as well. I mean, you know. I, I suppose then back if you come back around and if you know if you kind of go back further from a Ballon Gillum point of view, um, I think our midfield has been a great platform for us this year. I think Cormac Lummox and Kevin Cavanagh have been have really really worked well together, 
um been really solid very dynamic uh you know good covering as well um so it'll be again you know we'll set Mullins look to kind of nullify us there our probably our half forward line um well obviously probably sean murphy is our is probably key to key to a lot of things for us he he did a lot of damage in the first half against uh, in the group game um was a bit quieter now at the weekend um against uh Bags and Gales, but you know in the corresponding group game with sam mullins he, he did a lot of damage he got a lot of space and fairness in front of him and um, which i thought was unusual from the sam mullins point of view that they didn't look to close you know to, t- to tighten it up um a little bit because i suppose maybe there were Paddy Boland was kind of on the same side as Sean Murphy, so you had the kind of two go-to forwards. We're trying to keep, you know, keep space between them rather than one coming back to cover the other sort of thing. There was a lot of space between them, and but I think Sam Mullins will 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 look to close the space in front of him because he is he is our go-to one of our go-to men for our puckouts. Um, who will pick him up there? Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, if I always get the Welshes mixed up, I think it's Patrick. I always get them mixed up. Michael, Patrick, Michael, Michael, Michael. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Yeah. I always get them mixed up, and they're two. They're all the watchers are great chaps, but um, he could be the man to go on him. Um, maybe from a physical point of view. See, it's hard to know. I mean, look, he's so quick when the ball when he gets the ball in his hand mm. to turn and go. You know, there's probably very few. There's very few, if any, defenders in the county able to kind of stick with him in terms of that raw pace off the off the burst. I'd probably go with that route, Joe, because he picked up TJ Reid in Leinster final and did a very yeah. good job on him from memory uh, yeah. three years ago, like, you know. And yeah, he's a fine defender. Like, I mean, he's so he's robust as well. He's, you know, Harry, he's like, strong. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. And he does a simple, you know, the simple thing, you know, gets the ball down, you know, a little hand pass. Good. He's very intelligent um, with the ball. I've often said it's so, probably so underrated um, in all their victories over the last number of years. You know, he, he really does. He does. He's after doing a lot of jobs. So, he might switch across there. Uh, I still, if again, if Potty is available and around and all, he'll probably, you know, he, he does he then come back into six? Does he stay in midfield? Um, that's an interesting one as well. Um, I suppose inside then we've, you know, not not saying that like we Paddy Captain's after starting to come late a little bit first there in the half forward line as well. He's got, you know, he's picked off a couple of scores, got a goal as well inside probably jack tracy is probably you know probably one that st mullins would probably earmark in terms of um we have you know that pace inside mm, um big goal threat big goal threat yeah big goal threat um so you know and, and i probably you know won't be breaking any secrets there jack has started all the games i imagine he'd be starting for the semi-final as well um so who picks up him like you know does Kyle connelly maybe pick him up you know if john Dorn, and Kyle connelly in there would call be probably the, the better man in terms of maybe that little bit quicker you know a little bit of youth side if there's space in front of him um so you know there'll be matchups to be got in there you paul dial back, back on the edge of that square makes them a, a very solid you know a very solid outfit mm-hmm. um you know is he an option maybe depending if shot like i don't think he, he i don't think he come out of no. the full back line but i think if sean if, if we decide to put Sean Murphy in on the edge of the square, I think he probably is a natural, uh, you know, he's a natural fit for him in terms of uh, as a hurler. So, mm-hmm. um, has pace is, as well. Mm. Oh, oh, has pace, absolutely. Um, has pace as well. Oh, very, I uh, probably he's probably in first over the last couple of years. Uh, I think lockdown was, was brilliant for him in some ways. Uh, he, you know, he was telling me about about how he used the time to, you know, to work on himself and he's he was already an incredible hurler. And, I think what you, what you said there, he's he's even added that further that further quickness to him. So he's a massive addition back there. So solid, like you know, and Kevin Kyoder as well. I mean, you, you, has been in, in really good form as well. So you know, they're, they make a great union at the back line there. You know, mm-hmm. Paul in particular, in fairness, though, has had a pretty good career because he was a bit of a late bloomer due to knee injuries. Like he did a horror time of a grown up, and thankfully mm-hmm. he's got a pretty good run over over the the last couple of years. You know. Um, it mightn't have looked likely that he was going to have a, a decent senior career just because of the injuries and all. And mm. he did he did work hard, but when you get to know the man, you'll understand how and why he has made it and why he's uh you know he, he's playing at that level for for so long and why he's in such good shape because yeah, good good on a steady lad works hard. Yeah, he is, you know what I mean? Does does all the right things on a on a day to day basis and do that day in day out, and uh, and you become 
pretty consistent and, and pretty good, you know. And it's hard for, hard for anyone to take that away from you or get the better of you. So, yeah. uh, I think, uh, yeah, fair play to him. Just, I suppose, another lad, one or two other lads there. Sorry, I'm thinking of there. I think Jason O'Neill is, is, is starting to, you know, I think Jason O'Neill is a lad that's going to have a little bit to play in, in this game as well. You know, he, he looks lively on the ball. He's good, good out man. He's quick, you know. He, um, you know, I suppose it's hard to mention everyone. Look, it's like it's like in the all, it's like in, in every match, some lad could come out of the blue, or you know, it's 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 every battle is a key battle in the semi final because of um because of that. But um, I I I think yeah, from a kind of a game point of view, I think like I think uh, Sam Mullins will definitely be looking to clamp down on the influence uh, that Sean has in the game. Sean Murphy has in the game. I think from our puckout point of view, the last day, you know, he was a big target and. You know, he got the ball, won a few frees, popped over a few points, um, gave us a big platform. And I think when he's playing well, he, you know, he's on, he's very good. Um, I suppose one player I did leave out from from our side as well, and we know how key he is to us is uh, Kieran Whelan. Yep. Um, I was just going to, know. I was actually just going to mention, <laughs> and, and and free taking along with it. Like I know he's yeah, he's yeah. serious and play too, but yeah, like it literally could come down to that because you can see. There is good strong runners on both sides, like and yeah. if lads start fouling, that's the winning and losing of it because Kieran yeah. Wien is exceptional. Yeah, and, uh, he probably he probably wasn't the last day now against Simon. The wind was all or sorry against Bagginson and else, the wind was all over the place and it was difficult for free takers and he, he wasn't as uh, I won't say he's his uh, conversion rates weren't as mm. weren't as good as they were, but he is an excellent free taker and Do you know what he is Joe I, as I, well, Tad to it. Sorry to cut across you. Right. Big game player. Oh Big yeah, no, he is. And, and I tell you he has I suppose what he has look is he has that intelligence, like we've seen it. He's up to go. Um, or sorry, for you know, against Banks and uh, or sorry, against Demons as well. The last day, his influence, you know, against Name Breed, his influence in terms of setting up goals, taking goals. Like he's he is he is a kind of a key maker or, or a playmaker for us. He's a key player, he's a, he's a kind of a he, he does the right things, he can drift wherever he wants to. You know, what I mean, I think you know, who picks him up, who picks him up then from a Mullins point of view. The man Markham, you know, uh, it'll be again, it'll be interesting to see where we deploy him in terms of, um, you know, giving them that free reign. I think that's for us, he probably needs that free reign. He, you know, to be on the ball, he's sort of player for us that we we need him on the ball, we need him on the in the game, and I think he needs to be given that license to kind of to go to go forward as well. Um, so yeah, to be look, it, it's it's going to be, a, a, I can't see Sam Mullins letting us off to that big lead, you know, that we got the last day. Um, and kind of, you know, I, I can't see that happening again. Like, I can't see either team. I think it'll be a very close game. Um, again, I, I, I just think St. Mullins are definitely a different, um, a different team come, come knockout championship hurling. And it, they're kind of seasoned for that. And, you know, their mentality is whatever's gone on before the, the, the five games is only to get here and the next, the next, this one and, you know this one and the next one for them that's the way they're thinking you know their mentality is is this is what it's all about the year comes down to and you know if, if you know if there's another one for them sort of thing but this is this is their time if you get me um for us um you know i think our the confidence that we have coming in from the four wins out of five um the passages of hurling that we played in in certain matches have been excellent um and i think it's just about maybe extending that kind of dominance or that that period of good hurling for a little bit longer and the group game like was you know probably that first half hour hurling was probably the best we've hurled in well it has to be up there with the best half hour that we've hurled in the last dozen years or more do you know what i mean in terms of not only the scores or whatever but not even the scores but uh i suppose just how we hurled and on our play and our dominance and but on the flip side, then the second half, then while St. Mullins didn't hit as, as heavy on the score and we kind of kept them at arm's length, uh, you know, they turned a fierce lot of ball on us. And that would be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a worry for us and hope for them, you know. So I think it'll be a very, very, very close game. Um, obviously, my, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm in one camp, so it's very hard. It's very hard for me to, it's very hard for me to go past Ball and Killen. I'm, I, I do think for us to win, I, I put a caveat in it, for, for us to win, I think we we need to bring what we brought that day against them. Um, 
we probably weren't at our best last weekend and whether that maybe was with one eye on next weekend um you know knowing that we we're in semi-final knowing, knowing that we were kind of not going to be caught for to play you know that we were going to be playing same ones nearly you know barn we collapsed altogether so i give the lads the kind of the benefit of doubt there um and i think i think we will i think we will just about edge it at the weekend yeah Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Sam Walton is going to win that one, but I'd honestly love not more to see um, a Ballin killing Bangers on final. I think that would be absolutely unbelievable yeah. to see in, in Cara Harlan. Um, and that's something we might have possibly thought about at the start of the year, but uh, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility. It's it's unlikely, but it's not beyond the bounds of, of possibility this weekend. So the uh, the Junior Harlan final, Joe, that will kick things off this weekend on, uh, on Friday night. Yeah. Um, I know the intermediate semi finals, uh, as we said, will take place this weekend as well. You're out in the Intermediate Championship tomorrow night, I think, yeah, against uh, Bindestown. Um, and that kind of will determine our parents for the weekend upcoming. Is that the simplest way of putting it? Yeah, and there's there's one game to be played in it. Uh, it's an outstanding game. It's actually meant to be, I think it was meant to be the first game in the Championship. It was actually. Uh, we're meant to play Bindestown uh, in that. So um, while I suppose it doesn't mean... You know, we, we, we are out of the championship and Bagginson are qualified for semi-final, but I suppose we're, from a Ballinkill point of view, we're, we, we want to play it out to kind of keep the integrity of the competition and give our mm. intermediate players as well, I suppose, another game to finish out the championship and, you know, to, I suppose, hopefully Bagginson will get something out too. But, um, look, uh, probably Bagginson are, are already sem- sem- qualified for the semi-final. Um, if they do get a win over us it, it it i think it'll mean that they will leapfrog st mullins um in terms of the placement there so that will then kind of determine the the positions for the for for the semi-finals after that so um but yeah that that game will be that game will be played on tuesday night and i think then i think the semi-finals are going ahead then on at the weekend mm-hmm. uh yeah back to this junior final then joe and burn renders back in, a, in another one uh they're going to take on st mullins and that at 7 30 in that cullen park on a, on a Friday evening, um, it goes as I was saying. I, I'll show no bias in this whatsoever, and I make well, I will make an apology to St. Mullins people, but it's with, <laughs> it's, with, it's with good it's with good intent that I just really hope Burr Rangers win this because I just want another team up in a higher grade and get them into senior then as well as as quick as possible. But they can only get there as quick as they deserve to be there, and they know that themselves. Mm. Uh, knowing the lads down there, they they won't want to they won't have it any other way, you know. Um, do you think this is their time? Ah. Uh. I don't know. I, I, I think um it's a you know, from looking at this St. Mullins outfit, they had a, a big win in the semi final. They've a lot of experience there, you know, in the in their team. Um I suppose some our Born Rangers have a little bit more youth than that, but St. Mullins bring a big you know, a, 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 a you know, they're a high scoring team as well. Um I don't know. I think I don't know. I hope, like I said, from again, I'm not anti Mullins at all. They're a fantastic club, fielding three teams in three county semi-finals. You know, chances, chances to win all championships. You know, um. So I mean, you know, nothing against them. I suppose from a hurling point of view, you'd like maybe to see Burn Rangers come coming through and win it, like you said. But um, I don't know. I I I I think. St. Mullins might have that little bit of experience to get over the line in this one. Um, but I do hope on the other side, when you mentioned about going up and playing and so on, I mean, maybe next year it might be looked at that, you know, without them winning the championship, that maybe from a hurling point of view, if Bourne Rangers were were willing to, to go up to intermediate level, um, and, you know, I think they will have the players to compete and it's a good standard of hurling and it's a good learning ground for lads and so on as well that maybe them you know they might apply or make an application or the county board might maybe have a chat with them about maybe moving up themselves voluntarily up to intermediate level and and kind of playing at that standard and and, and raising the you know and and, and naturally you, you you rise to that standard anyway so for them to and to be progressive and to be from a county point of view as well to be selfish from a county point of view um i think it, it might be a good move but Look, I suppose that they'd rather obviously win win at the weekend than go up that way. But um, I just going to give a little nod to a little nod to Saint Mullins in this one. But um, I think it'll be a good game. But I think maybe just their their firing power might get them over the line in this one. All right, uh, shout out as well to uh, the under sixteen county Camogie team. They lost out to Leash 
211 to 27 in the end or 25 to 5 points down at a half time I know there's a lot of good work on in there as well so uh, hard luck and keep her lit um, yeah the, I suppose when I was talking about Killarney earlier it was probably remiss of me not to mention the All-Ireland Football Final which which we had yesterday which is an absolute cracker I really enjoyed it um, I think you know the absolute excellence and ability of, of Shane Walsh and of, of David Clifford and to be honest while like did Killy McDay get enough credit for what he was after doing he was superb. Mm-hmm. Four points from yeah. play, midfield, all in the final. The most admirable one of those, in my opinion, was his fourth because he'd been absolutely clobbered a couple of yeah. minutes beforehand and he tore through and kicked another one. I, 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 thought, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the game itself was, was really good. What did you make of it? Yeah, that was a brilliant game. Actually, delighted. That was fun. I, but I, I, you have um, you've kind of two teams that want to play football in some ways too, you know, that they're, they're very positive. I know they've kind of moved with the times in terms of defensively and so on, but in fairness, you have two teams that want to go out and and and, and you know put up a score and, and trying to win um again i'm going to got me hobby horse again lad you talked about shane welsh you talked about david clifford i think right between them the score whatever was it 18 or 17 points uh just kick the kick maybe out that like shane walsh column or McStay was on about clifford and he was nearly falling over himself about clifford kicking kicking scores off his left foot Shane Walsh was kicking scores in an All Ireland mm. off his left freeze in an All Ireland final off his left yeah. foot, yeah. but he's right, a right footed player. You know what I mean? Yeah. He kicks the forty fives off the ground with his right, mm. unbelievable. And first Clifford kicked one or two with his right as well. I keep saying it, lads. Uh, even at adult level, like what what makes these players brilliant? You know, lads were looking and showing the clip of him solo on his left and coming on to his right and kicking with his right. It's the skills of the game. Do you know what I mean? You can be, you can have a lot of, you can have so much of all the other things and tactically set up and everything but if you have technically brilliant players like those two lads they light up the game and they're game changers i mean if shane welch is nailed to turn or clifford is nailed to turn on his weaker foot and kick those points he turns around he recycles it maybe the chance is gone you know what i mean yeah. um just highlighting those two lads i just think their skills should be highlighted we could be talking mm-hmm. an awful lot about tactics and tech and all the other stuff yeah. look at their skill level it was just phenomenal and they're a joy to watch like look at look how and look how how positive they were in a modern game as well in terms of but i thought it was a very good final apart from that so many good battles um really really enjoyable um all in the final um uh, i suppose one point and it was raised i noticed on twitter as well was about the president of ga talking about you know the clubs now getting going back at it. like i i don't know whether and I saw it on Twitter a few times. Like, do the lads realize like that? You know, in most counties for the last couple of months, the club scene has been ongoing. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I don't know like where they think the club scene hasn't been ongoing. Do we all have to wait for the other finals to be over before we can yeah. get going our club scene? You know. Um, but anyway, look, I suppose that's only a small thing. But I thought it was kind of. Uh, I thought that when the president said it twice, I think I just thought it was a bit stupid because you know, like there's there's life outside us. Those other counties you know there's a very vibrant club scene in, in all the other counties that have been knocked out months ago or you know maybe playing different competitions so yeah so look it was good and, but, and by the way it was good to see that having a good final and also the talton cup uh was an excellent final uh, an excellent was, showpiece yeah. um an excellent competition as well i thought kevin i thought it was very well respected um i thought the crowds were good um i think all the counties respected in terms of the players you know stayed true and stayed with their panels and you know and and it was followed through on um so i think that was very positive and i think it was important that that it was positive and that it was um it, it was a good year for it um and i think flipping it back to a carlo point of view um i think we got an awful lot of it i think the lads got a lot of credit over it but i think it was nice for them to finish the year even though we lost to westmead getting the win over tip and putting on a big display in front of a good crowd against Westmead and kind of finishing the year on a little bit of a high gives them something really to go back in and, and get their teeth into for next year as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, agree with you about the ball skills as well, 100%. The game, you, all these buzzwords are out there, uh, but it is basically ball skills, like you even take Clifford's catching and fielding ability. Yeah, brilliant. It's a simple skill and not many lads are able to go to the clouds and pluck a ball anymore. You know, it's just... Yeah. That's we we, we kind of are unfortunately in a stage where by flooding by flooding out defenses and all occasionally we're not really seeing you know you still see basic ball skills but it'll end up being lateral passing 
you know, it's it was nice yesterday to see just that little bit of um, old school element. And I'm not naive in thinking there was no fucking tactics or anything yesterday. Don't get me wrong. I'm fully aware of of, of what was going on and the, the kickoff strategies were in, were in full flow. And even, you know, when you see the wing back trying to get back in front of Clifford and a wing forward getting back to where he is to offer that bit of support and all, that's not lost on us either. Like, yeah, don't get no, me wrong. No, no, but, no. but the actual, your, your spawn, the basic ball skills, the ability to, you know, a kick pass, a hand pass, a catch, sounds so simple and so juvenile. But it's unbelievable. It's the win and losing of every match, lads. If you don't well, get it, right. it, it is like, I mean, that's exactly it. Like, I mean, you look at Shane Walsh's scores, like, they were just phenomenal. Like, you know, uh, well, like Clifford hit a few lovely scores as well. But I think Walsh's, Walsh's in particular, the, the devil of difficulty, you know, the couple, it was mm. in the first half he come in and he's coming in on his, um, on his right foot, uh, you know, kick, coming in from the stand side, just absolutely curled it over, like, absolute thing of beauty. And I think. Mm. You know, I, I keep saying I know I'm, I'm people are sick to me, sick as you're sick of hearing it as well. But like no. that's what makes that's what makes lads can talk about whatever else. If if you like keep saying if Garold Hegarty misses the pick up in the all Ireland final and going at one hundred miles an hour, that's just a ball that's cleared down the field, nothing's top. You know what I mean? It's a, it's it's something that's offered up. So while yeah, while you need all the other technical all the other tactical stuff and, and everything else, having that tech having those highly technically skilled players makes a difference and i do think it makes a difference you know from a football point of view you probably put shane walsh into a mayo to have an other title do you know what i mean that's i know it's been very harsh you know but like that's that can that can be the difference that kind of that kind of bit of class so you know but it was great it was a great a great great spectacle to end the year i have to say brilliant brilliant spectacle yeah mm-hmm. joe thanks a million pleasure as always really enjoyed your company this evening and looking okay. forward to uh, semi-finals and we'll be back next week to review them so have a good hopefully, evening uh, thanks Will go yeah, on yeah hope, yeah no hopefully Steve will be back from where, where is yeah. he is he in Abu Dhabi or where is he I, just, uh, I don't know maybe it's a low trot he could be interrail and I don't know now but uh, uh, wherever he is he's in some expensive spot he's there with Nagel anyway <laughs> oh absolutely I, I, something, yeah I, I, I'd say so RHS there's probably some that getting the ear bent off and now it's every <laughs> junior team now as we That's speak it. If he doesn't bring it back yeah. and stick a rock, he'll be in trouble. Oh, Joe, thanks. Sound kept. Take care, man. Yeah, there we go. Just a word to our sponsors again. Cochrane Precast. Thanks, Steve, for your recovery. Craig Carney, Web Design, Balloons and Sweet Treats, Brendan Cabinet Furniture, and Breeze Nolan Physiotherapy. Thanks to everyone for tuning in this evening. We'll have this up on Spotify very, very shortly indeed. Just to mention as well, if you are enjoying our championship coverage, we do have a Buy Me Coffee link underneath this stream. Uh, it's not compulsory, but if you are enjoying the coverage and you do appreciate the effort that's gone into it you can support us of course for the price of a coffee that's where we leave we're back again next week reviewing the semi-finals and looking ahead to the final take care